This is Artist Stories, featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. I'm Janae Sanchez, and today I'm joined by Sena Flora, botany artist, wild plant enthusiast, single independent parent, and creator of Remedy Rising. Welcome, Sena. Thank you. I'm so glad you are joining us on Artist Stories. And I would love to start off by asking you about the roots of your art practice and really the moment you knew you wanted to pursue a career as a creative. Cool. Yeah, I feel like the roots of my art practice kind of dated back to my really early elementary school um, times I had a really kind of special kindergarten or it might have been first grade art teacher. Her name was Mrs. Art Clark and she just had like this kind of sunny, magical, inspiring environment in her classroom with like, it's kind of hard to describe, but it would have been like the ambience of the space and kind of the group dynamic of the class and her energy. So that kind of set this this fascination with art that kind of had it as my favorite subject like throughout the rest of school and then I kind of just did a lot of drawing and painting and sewing throughout the rest of my adolescence and into my teen years and I did like one semester of an art school but that was all way too rigid and dogmatic for me. The rules felt kind of counterintuitive to what the art practice is supposed to be. So like any of that kind of training kind of fell by the wayside. But so those are kind of the roots. But I do feel like um, pursuing a career as a creative kind of resulted from my post-schooling choices kind of just like got into this lifestyle that um, provided a lot more time and focus on art and like kind of a slower paced thing. It was kind of like a minimalist choice, but like hitchhiking and traveling around the states and non-US states and living more of a lifestyle of barter and, and trade and like work trade. So living on communal farms and collective land projects and places like that. And so I feel like that lifestyle kind of enabled or birthed the process of spending long hours studying plants and perfecting art and just through living in kind of ramshackly cabins and having less amenities and less comforts and having, you know, less, um, less of of that access it resulted in there being a less of a responsibility in the form of my time and labor so there was just um having all this time and space and ability to be art focused instead of focusing on other alternative things it kind of gave me a taste of what my priorities were which is plants and art and i guess um and made me kind of understand that that was was possible and I feel like that without going down that road, my priorities could have easily gone in a different direction without that experience. So it was kind of the ability to have a slow lifestyle, I think. And then especially once um, meeting some people at one of the original farms in the Ozark Mountains who introduced me into plant identification and then I got really hooked on that. On that first farm, when I first got into like plant identification and, and art. Um, we were just, 
I would stretch canvases like in every nook and cranny wherever I could in these in these crappy cabins mm -hmm. and just like what just kind of made do with whatever I had but was like just going really hard with that and then me and all my friends would wear these like canvas paintings mm -hmm. of, of these plants and so but yeah living in the backwoods I feel like is kind of the answer to what catalyzed the whole thing. Mm, beautiful. I'm wondering through through your travels because you mentioned you know you traveled nationally and internationally. Uh, what was it like coming across you know these different environments with different like wild plants? Was it like a whole new study, like deep study into a whole new ecosystem, a whole new set of plants to learn about? What is that like as a as a botany artist? That's a really good question. I actually had um, something that happened pretty recently. I had some friends come visit me down here in Bisbee and we were kind of going out to some spots and people were asking me what different plants were. And it um, sort of reminds me of what I was describing when I first started getting into plants, um, doing the silhouettes and stuff. Cause it's, I c you can't handle the amount of like detail and specifications. It's like this huge world mm -hmm. kind of, so you kind of have to like titrate or like br bring it in slowly um, in, in tears or something. So I feel like the, there was a big larger amount of time mostly spent in the Pacific Northwest, but also like all around the States and what I would experience. So I feel like the, a bulk of my knowledge is around Eastern and Pacific Northwest plants up until now. And so now I'm getting into the desert plants. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm starting to draw Ocotillo, which is Fucaria. And I'm doing um, the, like mesquite and um, uh, Palo Verde, Sacred Datura, Desert Willow. Like I'm starting, so I'm just now starting to learn um, the plants of this bioregion through art, but it's still, I guess to answer the question when you're coming into new uh, bioregions with different plant life and different kind of um, thriving life, mm -hmm. it can be overwhelming. And, and I can, so there, when my friends were like, Oh, what are this plant? It was like, I don't know any plants here. Don't ask me. <laughs> like, I almost feel like I can't speak to it or like be, or have like a sense of um, relationship or identification with it until I've really put in the time to study and understand and build context with the plants. So, so it can be, it's awesome. I mean, it's always awesome traveling all around and seeing all of the different ways that plants grow and live. Um, but at the beginning, when it's new, there can be this aspect of being like, I can't even just having to like tiptoe around and really um, be really fragile while, while you really, really learn. Um, but that being said, also one other thing I'll say about all the different bioregions and traveling around in different areas with different plants is it can be really cool to see the unifying, like, um, foundational deep, like common denominators kind of, or like here there's, uh, manzanita up here, um, in the mule mountains and stuff, which is like, a really big plant where I lived and kind of started raising my kids and stuff. So yeah, it's always cool to find these like kind of warriors of the, of the plant world that are like, I'm there and I'm here too, nice. you know, kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. That resilience. Um, and I love that. It's like, 
you're like in a, a major process right now as you are studying Arizona or just Chihuahuan Desert, Sonoran Desert plant life. I just can't wait to see uh, the new work that comes out of it. Yeah, I'm really excited about learning the desert plants. They're pretty special and unique and and amazing. Mm-hmm. Your art practice combines your love of botany and the healing powers of plants. And I've heard you say that art has in turn healed you as a person. Can you share more about how art has healed you and, and just like the influence it has had on, on your life in general? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, the like earlier young twenties, the farm life kind of evolved into settling on my own homestead in Northern California. And that was really kind of extreme. It was two hours from town and it could be in the, in the most extreme circumstances, like three months without seeing people that were outside my family. And then also the wonky off-grid systems, which sometimes function, but sometimes resulted in hauling buckets of water up from the creek and to heat on the wood stove Mm. to like pour in the sink to wash dishes or pour into a steel wash tub to keep babies and children clean. So I feel like what started as like this kind of simple lifestyle and traveling around that got me into, into botany art then kind of peaked um, in the stress of social, social isolation and the burdens of systems, you know, maintenance and just like simple things like hot water. It kind of like that whole mess, I feel like invited or kind of um, resulted in this intuitive need to think of something higher or something better or clearer. Like it was almost so intense that I had to like date back into this process of fascination with plants and art because I was holding at the point that I got way up there onto that land, um, having kids in the Northern California scene, I'd been holding like all these years of travel and a large part of my life devoted to plant art, but then having kids and buying property and like getting down that road kind of pulled me away from Mm -hmm. that for a bit. So I feel like the challenge of being off grid kind of brought back these medicinal aspects of plant art. Um, And it, and all of that, like social isolation, wonky systems that don't work, it kind of peaked when I started experiencing domestic violence. And so it kind of continued to climax um, what was already shaky and hard and then violence like entered the situation. And then it kind of, then I got out of the situation and ended up on that property alone with the kids who are still very probably two and four then very like one of them in diapers so it it kept peaking like I took a break from the plant art stuff and then it kept peaking but you know once I was out on this land on my own and then yeah it just kind of um taking over the property alone as a mother and stuff, that's when I finally had to fall fully back into the art. Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of embrace it as like the only anchor um, that was around. Um, So I feel like, yeah, art healing me as a person really, um, it makes me think of that part of time in my life, which was um, pretty symbolic because I talked about when I first got into plants was doing just the silhouettes. And so this time when I took over the land on my own and stuff, it kind of was the time that I transitioned from doing silhouettes into doing the fine detail and like 
finally trusting my relationship with plants to like actually draw in all of the veins and lines and prickles and like petals, you know? So that was the period of time where I transitioned from silhouetting to doing the fine detail. And I feel like that was kind of symbolic of that part of my life of bringing the hard stuff into the light to examine and change. Like I, you know, I can't live like this anymore. I need to do this. That's safe. So the whole artistic process has also kind of facilitated um, oh, a healing modality, I guess, in a way to um, be in living my best and like healthiest life. So, so yeah, that period of time is when art healed me the most as a person and still is. But that's when I kind of began this collection of prints that I'm doing now that is called identify with the wild. And that all like kind of was born like in the house alone Mm -hmm. there. And and the name of that collection kind of denotes how art like has healed me as a person because plants and in art like won't oppress you or afflict pain or judge or blame you or gaslight you. They'll only intensify and and deepen your experience on earth as allies. So I feel like art taught me um, plants that I don't know yet and has taught me like botany and wild plant identification in the world around me, but has also taught me confidence and trust and mental health support Mm -hmm. and just kind of plants will never hurt you. I mean, that's like, it's complicated because it's like, don't eat poison hemlock. I mean, like plants can kill you. But, but I mean, if you can really kind of get with what I'm trying to say in this certain light, you know, intentionally, you know, they, they won't hurt you in the way that like people are danger or other things can, I guess. So that's, that's kind of my, my thoughts on how art has healed me as a person. Mm, that's so beautiful. So Senna, I love seeing uh, what you're doing as an artist in, in the community, whether it's in Tucson and I, you're in Bisbee, you participated in the Binational Art Walk in Douglas, and right there along with you are your two beautiful children. As you know, I'm also a working artist mom and my children have seen it all for me, you know, shooting in the desert, even helping set up events. Can you share how you think experiences from, you know, children like ours will influence them in their lifetime? This is this is such a great question. I'm so excited about this question. Um <laughs> I think it's ex- I think it's extremely valuable for my children to be a part of this process. I think like even um, I can talk about you know tabling at at markets and stuff and and the way that that um, changes and influences them. But I think also preceding all of this current art art context that I'm in now they, you know, have kind of watched me rise up from the trenches and like build myself up and heal enough to even do this. And so I feel like they've kind of seen what like human potential and kind of watched me really get healthy um, and stuff. So I think like even that kind of hope and um, uh, what would that word be? I don't know, just kind of like trust or faith in like what that people can heal. I think that's like even preceding what I'm doing now. It, I've thought about a lot and I think that, but they've also seen like part of the process of self-doubt. Like they'll see me go through cycles where I'm like, 
you know, this is all lame and like none of this is, you know, like the, the artist thing that maybe nobody wants to talk about that's super vulnerable, but I don't know that there's any artists that don't go through periods of like self-doubt and being like, this is just trash, you know, kind of thing. So, so they've also seen the part of the process of, of self-doubt of, you know, me going through these cycles and, and like, well, there'll be one of our big things that we'll do if things are getting stewy or like, um, um, stagnant is like family bike rides around Bisbee will like go out and all they just got their training wheels off we'll go like ride a bike around so if they even if she'll see me kind of moving into that she'll be like we need to let's go for a bike ride you know kind of thing so they've been like firsthand in the part in this process of self-doubt which I feel like has kind of birthed this um kind of awareness that that's those angles of the artistic process are just part of the process, but don't define me. And so I think this will help them like as far as specific results I'm anticipating in the future. I think like when those processes as art or not art, like, you know, I think that as those specific processes like kind of come into their lives as adults, whether if it's in the artistic process or in family or in like the workplace or or whatever, or hopefully like art as work, but whatever they're doing, that self-doubt, they'll be aware that it's part of the process and that it doesn't define you and that moving, that it just keeps moving. And so when they experience that, I think they'll know that they will come out on the other side and that doubt is only one angle of like the creation creativity process. So I think that's a really poignant and valid aspect of them being like right here in the art process with me. And I think also um, like as far as like tabling at events and that art connection, I think it's more important now than ever as culture and the world is increasingly more alienating and and separatist. And like, there's just all the implications of technology and like social media and phones and like lots, you know, there's just a, a reality of the direction things are going. So I think as far as showing up in communities and sharing my art and getting like out there into the streets, that that's more important than ever, I would say for their generation. Um, but I think also they've, um, they're even going to, they're starting to be a part of the process of transforming art into these products through screen printing. Like day has been drawing stuff and she was like, can we burn this onto a screen? Like, can we, and I'm like, hell yeah. Like, let's totally make shirts out of your cool art. She's doing, she's got this concept now, the moon bird and the sun bird. And, and one of the birds, you know, has, it only gets born every 5,000 years and it only has three eggs that it makes. And so it's this like epic bird and she's drawing them. So I'm like, oh my God, we have to do like a moon bird and sunbird, you know, like, like drawing and burn it onto a screen. And then you can just wear clothing of, of your art that you made. So I think there's all these different kind of answers to your question, but that's something I'm really excited about is getting teaching them the excitement and the big results of creating and producing art and how that can actually turn into this next level thing, especially in the process of screen printing that's like goes above and beyond a drawing pinned up on your wall. But like now you and your friends are wearing it and it's like this really, you know, symbolic, like healing image, Mm -hmm. you know? So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think, um, I think that that's really important. And then I think that also, They've been a part of these, um, if we get into talking about my process with like creating 
art and stuff. Um, I'll talk more about it, but usually once I come up with ideas, I can sustain and grow and build on art projects once I'm in my house, but I exclusively have to be out on land and like in the wild to get, to get the, the ideas and for them to kind of formulate. So they've been a part of these like kind of like journeys out to like, I like to go to Madera Canyon or like Gardner Canyon, or there's like, um, one of my really close friends here just like has been showing me all the magical cool spots. So they've been a part of, you know, going out into these excursions with like the, the specific articulation and awareness that we're going to like work on this next project. We're going because this can't happen within this domestic house. Like we have to go out into this like wild open space so that we can kind of power through the next project and get it like out there onto screens and and stuff. So I think that that's also another thing that I think is really valuable and kind of profound Mm -hmm. about their involvement with me with the art process is also seeing like the, the wild journeys um, that, that we take together for, for, for this to all come to fruition. So just almost like collaborators as well. It seems like Mm -hmm. thought partners in, in your process that you're, that you're creating and changing right from project to project. I love that. And they get to see it's a problem solving adventure and it's never the same. Yeah. And I think about, I've thought about that too. There's been little examples of the ways that they've like influenced it, even like with tabling stuff, like, mom, why don't you set this like this? Or why don't you do this like this? You know? So there's been little things like that. And I've actually, it's funny you say that. Cause I've actually been thinking like, what's it going to be like when they're like 13 <laughs> or something, you know, like when they're really in this like individualistic, like process of like individuation and having their own thoughts. So if they're, influencing my process and collaborating with me right now at the age of five and seven, I can only imagine what it'll be like when they're like 10 and like, you know, hopefully even 18, they'll still be my best friend. Who knows? But, but yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And then it's also like really hard sometimes and it can be hard to like get the art done and, you know, there's all the other sides to, to it, but it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you see Remedy rising, expanding in terms of education and outreach in order to bring more people into the art of um, plant identification? Yeah, I think that the ways that I can see Remedy rising, expanding are kind of um, in the education and like community, like outreach kind of realms I think that I have that story that of the first time that I ever met a plant out in the wild that I'd never seen before but already knew exactly what it was because I'd done like this huge oil painting and I did in a like a really labor-intensive embroidery actually so that was Tradescantia, which is spiderwort and that was in the Mulberry Mountains in the Ozarks where I kind of just like tromped up on this crazy plant and was like spider wart like it and it was the, one of the more amazing like kind of shiny moments I can remember in my life maybe even it was a pretty like defining moment of being like whoa I already know you because I've like sat with you and studied you so for since that experience I've had this um this really intense calling to want to teach 
teach botany art through through teach botany and wild plant identification through through the art process because of how that went for me I think arguably it might be one of the more effective and kind of um what would be effective and deep ways to learn plants and so and then so yeah I think that through getting this grant lots of people do apply for grants many times before getting them. It was like pretty awesome that my first ever time applying for a grant I was this one and, and that I got it. So that kind of showed me like what's, what's possible with grants. I, grants are awesome. And like this support for communities to come up and, and support the members more effectively is like really awesome. So I think that through my getting into the world of grants and seeing what's possible, I would really like to, I'm really interested in actually realizing the dream of, of teaching. I think of children, but I think also every time I say that I'm like, everyone, you know, can, it will be healed by learning plants and studying like the wild plants of their region through art. And then having this like deeper relationship of being outside and more, more to relate to. So it's not, it doesn't have to be specific to kids, but somehow I think about children a lot through like what I've seen and like wanting to share that process and teach um, plants through art is, is one expansion route. And then another that I think is really important is um, trying to do like a collective screen printing studio or trying to have some type of like collective space that's open to the public if there's anybody listening that like wants to collaborate or has ideas but I think that what I was describing before with my kids and how getting them in part of this process of oh I have this idea oh I've created this drawing oh now I can like print this and like have it be around in my life and other people's lives that whole you know transgression you know is really is really profound and amazing. So I think that that could really help support community health, wellness, mm-hmm. and just to, for people to have concepts or ideas internally and then be able to bring them to fruition through this process and have access to that, it could really heal and, and do a lot too. So I think that that's another um, expansion route. And then the last thing that I think about too, is that there has been this, um, thing that I've dealt with uh, over time after becoming a parent of like, feeling like I don't really have ability to kind of support people that need it, like do mutual aid, Mm -hmm. like people, you know, are able to like get out and, and actually make these like deep, you know, offerings and changes and like help and 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 often people always bring up when I go down this road of like raising awesome children is a huge like you know aid and and kind of um gift to the world which it totally is but I think that one thing that I've just recently started getting opportunities to do is to create draw drawings and and burn screens for like events and for organizations that I respect and think are are necessary in society so that was like a game changer because now I can kind of support you know these like organizations you know that I respect and like that society needs through like creating art for them to like network what they're doing and like whatever from the like domestic child rearing home space that I already am beholden mm-hmm. to, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like 
I think especially moving to Tucson, I had hoped to like link up with other like alternatively modeled families and like barter childcare so people could go out and like do mutual aid. And like then the pandemic happened and like none of that happened. So the last thing I'll say about expansion is the opportunity to be involved and, and support and like give time and like life, you know, energy to, um, very needed organizations and support networks. Can you tell us what is Remedy Rising for, for listeners who don't, who do not know yet? Yeah, it, I um, am just doing, currently I'm doing um, different collections of botany art that I study and then burning those onto screens and, and screen printing um, and screen printing the artwork. So transparently the screen burning is still really complicated and I'm still outsourcing that step, but I'm doing, the artwork is really... Um, labor intensive like one of the drawings in specific took two years Mm -hmm. I think to finish so it's like really elaborate and like whimsical and like a super slow process but the artwork um all of the drawings have like the genus name written in like whatever fancy calligraphy I felt inspired to get into at the time so they're just a collection of um just a collection of like various plants that be before now were not desert plants and now getting into the desert plants, but a collection of plant art that I've drawn in these really intense kind of life moments and times like I've described or whatever is kind of these like pieces of healing of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of just all of these collections of, of botanical drawings that are now being printed onto clothing and like, but I'm doing, you know, wall hangings and like pouches, like zipper pouches, and there's all different. And I would like to get into paper and, you know, there's all printed on any various array of, of items, I guess I would say. But, but I think it's like specifically a greater implication of the power and, and kind of um, opportunity that is born of of identifying with the wild lands around us and the way that that can heal and sustain and balance our mental health and keep us safe. That's beautiful. So you are a project Korea. So cycle one grantee, congratulations on your award. It's awesome. Can you share a story about how this grant has, you know, come into your practice, um, influenced like, an aspect of what, of what you're doing. Oh my gosh. I have so much to say about the, the, the creosote grant like totally changed my life. I've had, yeah, I think that one of the, the first thing that comes to mind is it provided like ability to have increase be um, more environmentally responsible. So my process with like getting this, this for color manual press, it was like, I had to drive, all the way back to the Kalamath River where we came from 20 hours away to buy it. And it was like a thousand dollars and that, yeah, had to rent a car and like, it was just this huge thing. But, um, so by the time I got all the way back to Cochise County, like with 
with this huge machine, it was like, okay, well, that was a ton of, you know, time, labor, energy, resources. And so it, it came with like, just some like, like low grade, just like random inks and like whatever else that came with it. So beginning, I only had, could make do with what I had. And so getting the grant gave me increased access to environmental responsibility. So like, really good quality inks and other components that are earth friendly and like respectable. And then the other thing I think about was it gave me the ability to be more ethically responsible. I think like a lot of, there's a pretty big price to pay to get stuff that's not sweatshop labor, child labor, prison industrial complex slave labor um stuff and so I think I mean for example like just getting like a gildan or like pretty like grimy industry t-shirt could be like 50 cents or like nine dollars if you're gonna get it like ethically sourced so and yeah it's like a huge difference and it's, it's so uncommon it's the standard is to just support these industries like to find our process of trying to find ethical like apparel for printing was really kind of a long and drawn out process it's not that simple to just be like i don't want to support these these industries cool here's what i'm gonna do it's like actually really hard to find something alternative and i feel like through traveling and hitchhiking in cambodia by myself and that whole process in the midst of the um protests and that the um the way that the factories were so inhumane and unlivable was really central to my experience there too. So I just feel really, that was one of the things I wasn't willing to make any sacrifices around. So I had to start out using thrifted apparel, like secondhand stuff, which is really challenging because it's all different material and it's, and I don't really have time homeschooling two kids and everything else I'm doing to like go to thrift stores and, and buy stuff. So, but nonetheless, I was unwilling to make shortcuts on that end, especially because of my experience firsthand in Southeast Asia. So the, the ability with this grant to buy clothing that I feel safe, you know, supporting was another like really profound result of getting the grant. And then another thing that I think about is that through my kind of my twenties, my adult life being like really not plugged in, like I didn't get social media till I moved here and pe- and I was like, this is my first ever post on social media. And people are like, Oh, you weren't, haven't been doing like MySpace since you were 12. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, so I think, you know, there was like, let alone, let alone whether there was electricity working, there was also very scarcely or rarely internet, you know, in my whole like upbringing in my twenties. So I think that I'm kind of techno computer phobic like even something so simple as doing a google search or like researching something can give me a panic attack like because there's so many websites that come up and you have to like filter through all of it i'm really not um into any of that and so i was able to employ a friend and have have a friend like help me like with some of the marketing and like building the website and like kind of computer technology end of things, which would, I would have never went forward with my art at all if it weren't for that. Cause I'm completely unable of, of doing any, any of that stuff. So, um, so I think that's another way that, um, the Creosote grant 
like, you know, gave me opportunity. And then I, we already kind of got into these dreams of like teaching children and, and people, you know, botany through art and, and opening up a collective screen printing space that's open to the public and like all those things. But those expansion desires or dreams. But I think that getting the Project Creosote grant also showed me like what's possible in the grant world and kind of gave me an increased motivation to pursue those dreams too because it's like oh this you actually can you know get grants and and fund projects that increase you know community wellness and and whatever else so i think that that um that that was that was also a big deal because also this grant i've talked to some people since i've gotten it and people are shocked like that there was no um rules or dictation of what i needed to do with my art to get it i guess what it sounds like from talking to some people there's a lot of art grants that are kind of dogmatic and rigid and you have to do this and this within it so to get a grant that was just like we see you as an artist like this is valuable we want to support you without any really strings attached of what i can you know what i need to have to do it was also really like eye-opening and inspiring to be able to kind of yeah so be self-led in the funding so those are all things that that i that were takeaways from getting the creosote grant thanks to you guys well we are big fans of your work and yeah Yay. there's a piece of of remedy rising in 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 our family and I'm, we're really proud to have it so Aww, that's and so sweet. just so glad the arts foundation is a part of your story yeah me too thank you so much yeah so mm -hmm. can you maybe two in one so what is moving you in this moment so literally artistically emotionally and also like what's next for you and where can listeners find you on the internet or you know in other places markets anything you want to share i feel like um what's really moving me right now is is the um, possibility and potential to get involved through art. Um, I feel like through, I have decreased access to involvement as someone who's parenting alone and like kind of domestic, like isolation here and all of the things that go into that. And I've been deep in, deeply moved by the way art is opening doors to connect like in community and with these projects that I talked about that are really crucial and it, it, there's just um yeah it's been that's been really moving is how it kind of connects people in community um i think that that's super important and has been kind of mind-blowing and then where yeah so the where i'm at now with the art stuff is i've just i'm just kind of currently in the pro process of transitioning from like the the thrifted like beginning art stuff to this like ethical ethically sourced freshies like new nice. stuff and so like currently you i'm on instagram as remedy rising botanical prints but we are launching my website which is remedy rising let me see i i don't even know it yet i'm such a like, okay. computer <laughs> computer person but i it, it's remedyrisingprints.com is the name of the website so that's where all of the like 
the um, ethically sourced, like consistent stuff will be will be launching pretty soon. The website's up, and 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 we have like um, previews of what's like about to be available. So that's cool because with with thrift stores and secondhand stuff, I mean, upcycling and, and recycling is super valuable, and in some ways more beneficial or responsible than even the ethical freshies because that's still like coming in and in shipments and and whatever but the problem with the secondhand stuff besides not having the time to do it is it's not consistent there's like one black dress because i got because that came from savers or there's like two shirts so the so the ethical freshies and the new stuff that i'm printing on the thing that's the most exciting about that is um is the ability to have consistent sizing and like consistent styles and like a bunch of each so all of that will be like posted and launched on on remedy rising prints but yeah that's that's about what's going on with me as far as being able to find me and stuff that's awesome senna thank you for sharing about your life and art trajectory I can't wait to check out your brand new website and um, yeah, it's, it's just been a joy to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Yeah, it was so fulfilling and nurturing. I'm so, this is such a great convo. Thanks so much. This has been Artist Stories, featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez.